right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. My name is Josh. This is my co-host, Anthony. And uh, Anthony, what do you say tonight we talk a little Friday Night Lights? Josh, that sounds great. Uh, that's what I was planning on. Glad you were thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to talk about it because you're wearing an excellent t-shirt right now. Yeah. Uh, I well, appreciate it's a, you. It's a muscle shirt. <laughs> you're right. There's no <laughs> T about it. Yeah. Uh, no. The sleeves are fully off. Um, I'm looking at Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Sting, who I didn't even know overlapped with these people. Uh, we got Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, and Roman Reigns all on the same t-shirt. Um, I, I'm, I'm freaking pumped for this now, yeah. just looking uh, at you. Sting actually was what brought me back to WWE because he spent uh, this is now a wrestling podcast good good uh, I'm fine <laughs> uh, Sting was my dude in WCW back in the day when I was like 11 years old oh yeah um, which is what got me into wrestling in the first place uh-huh. uh, playing WCW versus NWO Revenge at Carter Jensen's house on his fantastic game nice and Sting I was drawn to initially started watching WCW got very into it for about uh, two to three years in that prime, like 11 to, or I think I was 10 when I started and was probably like 13, 12 or 13 mm-hmm. when I stopped, uh, which is like prime wrestling age. It was great. Yeah, um, and yeah. it was like the actual prime wrestling age. <laughs> right. Yeah. doesn't get much yeah. better than the early 2000s, late 90s for wrestling. Yeah. And then uh, Sting, after WCW shut down, went to TNA Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Um, which like, you could like it was on TNN for a couple of years and Spike TV, I guess, is what it became like. So you could watch it, but I kind of a, I don't want to use the term "grown out of it" because that's that <laughs> makes it sound mean. Like, you know, yeah, and plus demeaning. you're over thirty now and you're watching wrestling, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so you so, didn't grow out of it. Um, yeah, in my mid twenties, I kind of started realizing how much I remembered about wrestling and how many times I reference it. And uh-huh. kind of the final straw was that Sting was wrestling at WrestleMania that year. And knowing that oh, I could yeah. get a free month of WWE Network, including WrestleMania. Yeah. I bit the bullet and I told myself it would just be for that free month. And here we are <laughs> uh, over five years later. And I have not missed a month of WWE Network. <laughs> so. Yeah. A pretty familiar story, at least that ending part of... Uh... <laughs> Signing up for WrestleMania and then just, well, let's just keep it rolling. It's one of the few things that COVID has given to me is uh, pro wrestling. I was like, yeah, there's no sports on, but they're still doing WrestleMania. Maybe I'll check that out. Same deal. Sign up for the network. And yeah, we're we're getting close to three quarters of a year here that I've been yeah. watching wrestling now. Uh, <laughs> um, And I'm really excited for after the COVID vaccine, because WWE comes to Sioux Falls, like every, like probably like nine months. So we got to get up, uh, yeah, some live shows. For sure. Nice. Uh, Yeah, man, I probably can't bring my five-year-old, but goodness gracious, she would love it. I was going to say like, you should totally bring your kids, but yeah, that's, I'll leave that to your discretion. It's very family friendly for what it's worth. Like, especially the house shows, the non-televised house shows. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be doing those after COVID though. I heard that they're right. like potentially canceling them, but uh, Sioux Falls did get, they've got a couple of Smackdowns in one episode of raw after, nice. um, or in the last, what, three years since the Denny went up or four yeah. years. So, yeah. um, 
Well, we're a SmackDown family, so that's what I'm. That's what I'd be hoping for. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, uh, just just one more one more common interest that we have to (laughs) yes (laughs) text at each other. Uh, But the the main one, the main one that we're here to talk about is Friday Night Lights. We're we're plugging our way through season two. We have pretty much officially made it through the murder thing. Yes. I think yeah. we're we're pretty much done with that. I can't remember if it pops back up at all. I'm but. pretty sure. Yeah, the, I think the only other ways that it pops up is just within Landry and Tyra's relationship. Yeah, like right. that they that was what brought them together. So I'm sure they yep. discuss it again. But. Yep. Uh, in this episode, though, we still keep it slightly on the ridiculous and have a freaking yes. tornado. <laughs> uh, so we're still we're still scrambling for storylines here a little bit in season yeah, two, but it definitely feels a little bit desperate. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we'll we'll find we'll find our stride, I'm sure. Uh, oh yeah. So before we get started tonight, uh, what are you what are you drinking? I've got still working on the old diet, and I had a little Caesar's pizza for lunch today, or half of one. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I didn't have dinner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. And I'm drinking the old vodka water uh, with uh, the old shot of Mio in it. So there you go. That'll that'll get you through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pizza and vodka. Not a not a bad diet. <laughs> Had a couple of uh, chocolate covered almonds <laughs> as a snack in the meantime. But yep, yep. usually, I mean, that many calories at lunch will get me through the rest of the day. Like yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy that I wasn't super hungry uh, yeah. come dinner time. Good, good. I'm starting off tonight. I've just got a little a little rum and soda here uh, to start me off. But uh, after that, I'm just going to be going back. I've got my old trusties here. I got oh, yeah. my bush lights. The so, Iowa standbys. Iowa standbys, right. Had to run down to the gas station uh, right before we recorded to pick some up. But uh, so I think I think we're ready to go. Then we've got yes. our drinks. Uh, you've got me pumped up with your raw t- <laughs> or raw cutoff. Um, so let's let's get into it. We are on episode ten. Why don't you give us the the synopsis and the title? I don't I don't know what it's called. Yes. So there goes the neighborhood is the name of the episode. We have got two identical synopses, both written by Movie Dude One. Oh, uh, I was expecting the- Ron Kerrigan. Uh, if there's two. Nope, it is just the same two sentences written twice, two different (laughs) submissions uh, by Movie Dude 1. I can't see, like, if he did them on different dates or anything, but it's the exact same phrasing. (sighs) All right. (laughs) So, here we go. Movie Dude 1 synopsis. After a tornado rips through the surrounding countryside, bombs begin to fly. Coach Taylor drops a bomb on his team oh, by being yeah. <laughs> by being host to a rival team when their school and field is damaged. Lila drops a bomb on her father about her mother's impending nuptials. Nuptials, excuse me, is how he pronounced or spelled it. I'm loving this already. And Tyra drops a bomb on Landry about attending Dylan High School's formal dance. That's the first sentence. Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, tensions grow around the Taylor household surrounding Tim living in the house. Boy, do they ever. Yeah. All right. Now, after I've just listened to it, now i got to look at it. Uh, Movie Dude 1 is really, really loving the kind of keeping things parallel, keeping his theme yeah, going. making a lot of allusions. Yeah, yeah. 
so we had a we had a misspelling in the nuptials. I wonder if maybe in the second spelling he corrected. Maybe that's why he did the second one. I only nope, see, he misspelled it. <laughs> I, I only see one. I only see. I only see one. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, on mine. Two of them in. And they're both identical. So I don't know if that's maybe something with the app. Um, if so, I apologize. Uh, I apologize to <laughs> Movie Dude One. Uh, you might owe him another apology. Let me show you something. I'm going to share my screen with you. Is nupt- nuptials is spelled nuptials? Wow. Well, I owe you two apologies. I feel like a real jackass. <laughs> Sorry, Movie Dude One. I thought it was. Did you also think that it was spelled differently? Would you have spelled it differently? I would have put a, an extra U in there. I think I would have put right. nuptial. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have not okay. put that I in there. So, okay. yeah. But when I looked at it, I thought, eh, maybe that is correct. And we're talking to a like third grade regional spelling bee champion, <laughs> bro, right? Bro. Yeah. Domination <laughs> so. in the spelling bee. Uh, although... Uh, one of my most embarrassing moments, I don't think I've told this on the podcast, is when I literally peed my pants during the fifth grade spelling bee. <laughs> I was taking the written test because I was such a, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, not goody two-shoes. A, a boy scout? It's such a boy scout that I didn't want to ask to go to the bathroom because I thought that they would think that I was trying to cheat. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that did not work out for me. Uh mm. My most embarrassing spelling story uh, that I think about probably too frequently for how old I am now, because this probably would have been like second or first grade, Uh that one of the spelling words was shirt. And (laughs) I had to focus so hard on it being an I instead of, you know, because when you're a kid, you think, yeah, shirt, oh, S-H-E-R-T. And so I focused so much on the the I being the vowel that I forgot the R and I... I spelled it. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I got my test back and I was, I was so embarrassed. I bet you were. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a couple of spelling bee related, uh, most embarrassing moments. <laughs> Errors there, yeah. After I peed my pants. Second most embarrassing, test. of course. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> After I peed my pants during the written test, I still had to do the, uh, oral test where you stand up in front of the room and spell things out loud. I just, it was during the winter. I just held my winter coat in front of me. It <laughs> <laughs> was, was very embarrassing. This is fifth grade. Too. Yeah, what that's like 12. Yeah, you're too 11. old to be peeing your pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was just going to say that my second most embarrassing moment uh, in spelling is this moment right now when I didn't know how to spell <laughs> nuptials and I judged, uh, incorrectly judged our uh, frenemy movie dude one <laughs> movie dude one he's gonna have if we ever get in touch with him he's gonna have something to say about that yeah all right this episode originally aired january 4 of 2008 so we are we are now in 2008 a financial crisis is looming <laughs> <laughs> yep i'm a junior in college just getting ready to break out into the world in the middle of a recession. So uh, things were still happy at this point. <laughs> Episode starts in the Taylor household. We There's a weather alert on TV right away. We get, the, we get a little clue that something's going down weather-wise. Tim is 
of course, you know, a Taylor house guest at this point, and he is playing with the alien. Tim and <laughs> Shelly are babysitting. Is that yeah? what's happening together? It's weird. Um, she definitely should not be left home alone with Tim Riggins. <laughs> <laughs> there are way too many creepy vibes going on between the two of them, and Tim is not afraid of mid-30-year-old women. That's for sure. That is correct. Well, and, and he shows that uh, pretty obviously in this scene. He is uh, macking on Shelly pretty hard, and Shelly's into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, far, far too, far too into it. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> so they're out of formula for Gracie, and Shelly is a, a little, she's, she's kind of freaking out about that. They need to do it because, in her words, Auntie Shelly's boobies aren't going to cut it or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the look on Tim's face when she says that, I don't know if you caught that. But it did. so great. He's like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, like, I can't believe you said that, but yeah. Uh, so Tim volunteers to go get some formula from the store as he is leaving the, the Taylor household. Julie hops in with him. She's just getting dropped off, presumably by Lois. It's always by Lois. Uh, so she hops in with Tim. We get a lot of Lois in these next couple episodes. We do. I I don't want to know spoilers, but. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Lois, and we are on to you, Lois. We know about what's going on between you and Coach. So, uh, Julie, on the ride, asks Tim if he is going to the fall formal. Tim says he's definitely not, and Julie's like, no, me either. It's totally lame, right? (laughs) Okay, Julie. (laughs) Tim asks her about Matt dumping the cheerleader and Julie kind of says, eh, we don't really talk anymore at this point. The sky is starting to get weird. Um, oh, it's pouring rain. Didn't mention that yeah. like rain, rain, torrential rain. So there's a, um, a pretty crappy looking CGI tornado that hits oh. while Tim and Julie are at the grocery store. It is. And is it better or worse than the twister tornado? Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, Josh, but I really, really love the movie Twister. <laughs> I did think. And I I'm going to yeah. say that it is worse than the Twister tornado, but that may just be biased. Because, yeah. Because I also I, love Friday Night Lights, but Friday Night Lights isn't a, a show about tornadoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's very bad CGI. And if we're, if we're comparing uh, Twister and, uh, Friday Night Lights, there's what, like a decade of... Uh, 12 years. Yeah, 12 years of time in between, and Friday Night Lights only had about three seconds of a tornado. I just feel like they could have done better, you know? Yeah. Or just... You would think so, but I mean, it's a pretty low-budget show, all things considered. I'm sure that they probably weren't going to NBC like, hey, listen, we need, <laughs> we need a cash. little bit more yeah. budget. For a, we're we're doing a tornado episode. <laughs> like I think they were already probably close to the chopping block at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me make a a humble suggestion then. Just don't show the tornado. Yeah. <laughs> if it's gonna look that it really, bad, just it really is that simple. We didn't need that. Uh, I I would guess that most of the time, you know, living in the Midwest, you know, we've we've uh, been around our fair share of tornadoes. I've never actually like seen one, but I would assume that if you are someone who is in the middle of the path of damage with a tornado, chances are you don't even see that thing, you know, like. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, you definitely could. But anyway, right. the tornado sucked. It was very bad. Yeah. And I felt like it was just kind of a continuation of the crappiness of the murder storyline. It's like, we can't yeah. just fully move away, <sighs> move on to better things. We got to put a tornado. A lot of this episode, especially the end of this episode, which we'll get into, feels very like, okay, we did the murdering a guy story. We need to, like, NBC is asking us for more drama. Yeah. Like, Yep. Let's have a tornado hit. Let's have all this happen. And it all feels very forced and it feels very much. It's, it's not, I want to be very clear in saying that it's not bad. No, I, the show is still good. These episodes. Yeah. In fact, like through this whole season, I've kind of had like a, Oh yeah, this is still a really good mm-hmm. show. Like the writing is still really mm-hmm. strong. Like season two gets crapped on a lot and it's definitely the weakest season of the show, but like, even, but it's all due to like pretty, pretty small storylines. Like it's right. not like anything massive. Like Landry kills a guy, of course, is like <laughs> the funny thing that happens. But like, realistically, <clears throat> like it's not that bad of a season. No. So everything that was happening around the murder, like even in the the first nine episodes or whatever, was good. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, this. I don't know. It feels very forced, but it's it's still fine. It's not like unwatchable or anything. No. And the what comes out of the tornado. So the tornado is very brief. They just had to get Larrabee and yeah. the Panthers in close quarters. And once that is accomplished, like I really enjoy the Same. stories that come out of it, you know, Same. between the coaches and between like the different student like the difference like tyra and chip and all that so so yeah uh but man it does feel forced (laughs) but then again in season one they exploded a train that's true yeah i yeah like somebody probably died in season one so that they could play on a pasture but that's that's so close to season two that it's basically season two however it's still mud bowl so you can't really yeah yeah there will be no mud bowl slander on this podcast correct i caught myself mid-sentence i apologize so anyway Mm -hmm. the uh the tornado you know blows out the windows there's a pretty dramatic uh shot of that all the windows in the grocery store being blown out as uh tim shields julie yes he does from Mm-hmm. The debris, the flying debris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty heroic move there. I don't know, man. I think in in these episodes, if you're, well, I don't want to get into it yet because it's not, it's not, it hasn't right. come to a head yet. We'll okay. we'll dig in. We'll dig in. Meanwhile, uh, well, I think we get the the credits, and then the next scene is Tim outside the house doing sit ups uh, <laughs> outside of like the the Taylor's sliding door. And both Shelly and Julie are watching and creeping. Yeah. The, the TV is on, but it is, it's just static. Coach is like, where's what happened to cable? And then he realized what's going on. He's not very impressed with his daughter or his sister-in-law. We've got the best show uh, on earth just outside the sliding door. They don't need the television. (laughs) Uh, No TV, no phones, just Tim Riggins vibes. Yeah, uh, but it turns out that the Larrabee school pretty much got destroyed by the tornado. So they these towns must be close because that tornado yeah. looked like it formed in Dillon. Well, and, and on, well on the on the news report they say like it's hitting Larrabee and heading like 
northeast towards oh. Dillon. So to yeah. me, it, it felt like a, you know, like within 10 miles or 15 sure. miles of each other town yep. type yep. of situation. A real Platt Geddes situation, if you will. <laughs> right. Yeah. So because their facilities were destroyed, Larrabee is going to be roommates with Dylan. Their football team is going to use their practice field, going to use their locker rooms, all of that. Coach is none too pleased about this situation, obviously. Yeah. like that's Well, sucks. especially because they're playing Larrabee in two weeks. Right. Yeah. So... That's- awkward and weird. It's going to add to the already existing tensions. Yes. Because they're mm-hmm. like a, a, a well obviously they're next town over so they're a rival. While Coach is pretty concerned with this situation, Tammy is much more concerned with the fact that Tim Riggins is living in the same house as her 16 year old daughter and she doesn't say it out loud but I'm sure she's nervous about Shelly as well. Absolutely. Coach tells her to come on, show some Christian charity (laughs) to which Tammy replies. Oh, I am made of Christian charity. Coach also said that he likes that Tim evens out the genders in the house, (laughs) right? Which it still doesn't. There's still four women and two men. (laughs) Not even close, but I'm sure it is nice to have another dude in the, in the house. Most definitely. We find out that, Lila's mom is engaged now, Pammy. She's engaged to Kevin. Lila is not into it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, no. She she tries to hold it together when her mom sits her down and tells her the news, but she's obviously pretty shook. Um, Not too happy with the woman formerly known as Ma Garrity. So Matt Saracen apparently has a Napoleon Dynamite twin on Larrabee. I want to talk about this. So we see some of the Larrabee players. Mm-hmm. They're they're, we, they're getting off Dillon. the bus. Yeah. Into the Dillon facilities as the team kind of like stands by and watches them all come in. So the there's like two twin brothers. Mm-hmm. One of them has a huge curly fro and I think he looks like Matt Saracen. Does he not look like Matt Saracen? I did not make that connection, what? but I, I guess I'd have to go back and watch See, again. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep going a little bit, then I'm going to come back. So there's two twin brothers, and their older brother is also on the team. His name is Chip. Oh, he's the older brother of? Yeah. Oh, I did not catch that. He looks nothing like them. There's they so, so many casting questions I have about this. That's not a reasonable and, casting choice for their brother at all. No. And I guess writing, too. Okay. And I do want to talk about Chip, so let's not dive into Chip. Okay, we don't need to talk about Chip. I want to know, why was it necessary, A, to have two younger brothers that are twins? Why did we need Chip to have two younger brothers that are twins? I did not realize up until, so I watched this episode twice because I watched it like three, four weeks ago on accident because I got one ahead. And then I watched it again yesterday, just sitting down with the fam. I'm like, hey, I'm not taking notes. Everybody gather around. We're going to watch some Friday Night Lights. Uh, so we watch it. I literally, how many times have I watched this show? I have always thought that when they say something about that guy having a twin, I thought they were referencing Matt Saracen because he looks like a bizarro Matt Saracen. So I never understood that these were the younger brothers. Uh, so I thought it was like a bit. Like, sure. Oh, the other team has a Matt Saracen lookalike guy. Twin, like, yeah. I thought that was the bit, but there's no bit. It's that no. there's two twin brothers and their older brother is Chip. I didn't catch that. I think maybe I was so distracted by his white guy fro that I didn't even look at his face. 
so why are there twins? Why does the one have such a ridiculous haircut? Like, why did they choose to put that guy with that haircut in the show? I'll tell you why, Josh. Why? It was the, um, they needed the outdated pop culture reference of the week. <laughs> and that was smash. <laughs> yep. Comparing that guy to Napoleon dynamite. <laughs> 2004 yep. indie hit film. Yep. Already yep. four years old or three yeah. years old by that it was, point. It was kind of an outdated pop culture reference <laughs> by then. But so I just didn't, I just don't understand why they exist. Yeah. Don't I, they, and they, they don't really do anything. Chip is there and does stuff, but yeah, like the, the yeah, one gets super... into it with Riggins, right? Riggins finally throws a, yeah. Yeah. This episode or next episode, but it didn't have to be him right could have been yeah, anybody they, else on the team it doesn't matter they really don't yeah for them to bring such attention to these twin brothers um doesn't really make much no. sense because they don't really do anything uh throughout the 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 larabee dylan saga so this whole conversation doesn't matter but it's really yeah. it was really something to think me. about while you're at home yes. listening what, who are these people and how did they get this job are they Family members, is this, uh, what's the word when you hire people from your own family? Uh, oh, uh, nepotism. <laughs> yeah. Is this just <laughs> nepotism? Like Peter Berg's, uh, nephews <laughs> probably was or something. Yeah. Peter anyway. Berg's shithead nephews. <laughs> <laughs> so I his, don't know. But. His Peter Berg's sister was like, you need to put my sons in your movie. <laughs> All right, fine. We found a spot. <laughs> So I'll leave that for now because yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter, but it really bothers me. Uh but yes, the main the main thing is Chip. Chip's the star quarterback of Larrabee and Landry and Tyra and Chip, we're gonna start to see a little love triangle forming here. Yeah. But which we'll 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 dig into that shortly. Um Landry and Tyra have a little conversation. Landry makes a uh West Side story reference that goes over Tyra's head. Yeah. <laughs> Landry, as they're talking, Landry grabs her hand. Tyra is not into it. No, um, she's not, not appreciating that public display of affection. <laughs> and Landry is pretty hurt by Tyra not being into it. Yeah. She shuts that down and bails and Landry is a little butthurt by all that. Coming up next, fantastic little <laughs> scene here. For a little bit. Definitely a great musical cue. We have Do You Believe in Magic playing. And Bud, as Buddy and his kids are riding go-karts and just living it up at Chuck E. Cheese, having the time of their lives. Buddy is yeah. sweaty and smiling and <laughs> <laughs> having a having a day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They are they're living their best life at was it a Chuck E. Cheese? Something like that. Okay, there's yeah, go-karts yeah. for arcade games. and yeah. I just wrote amusement park. Um, yeah. Lila accidentally breaks the news. The the, the happiness does not uh, last. <laughs> no. As Lila accidentally lets it slip that, well, she, she didn't know that Buddy didn't know. Yeah. She assumed that Buddy would know that uh, Pammy was engaged. Uh, and she was confused as to how he could be having such a good time. <laughs> when Pam's engaged, but turns out buddy had no idea 
uh, that that had happened. And so he freaks out when he finds out and leaves his kids <laughs> at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Fend for yourselves, children. Get a short scene of Coach and Coach Dickey Dickies. from Larrabee yep. trying to negotiate the uh, how they're going to split the time yeah. using Dylan's athletic facilities. Tensions are pretty high. Yeah, we we get the impression right away that Coach Dickies is a real ding dong, <laughs> just yeah, not a not a pleasant man. Yeah, we 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 get that right off the bat. Uh, back at the Taylor household, Tim's fixing the cable out on the back porch, and Coach walks out on this on his phone. Doesn't realize Tim is there, and he is just bitching on the phone about yeah. the Larrabee coach, kind of going off about him. Tim overhears it all and kind of gets a wry little smile on his face and coach tells him he didn't he didn't hear any of that or something like that but yeah whatever you hear in this house stays in this house along those lines so yep uh julie is having lunch with lois freaking lois in the cafeteria and recounts the story of tim protecting her in the store they are both yeah pretty pretty randy for for tim (sighs) I have thoughts on this. (laughs) So, yes, we, in this scene and later on in this episode, Lois, like you said, pretty randy for Tim. Here's my theory. Lois, this is is a cover-up, right? So, Lois has a secret life with Coach. Coach's secret family is with Lois. And... Uh, if you're so, a long time reliving the lights listener, you know all about <laughs> Coach's secret family with Lois. And so, but you know, her friendship with Julie is, you know, just a ploy to get close to Coach's daughter and to have a relationship with her. And it, so it's not weird, you know. <laughs> she's a she's like a 35 year old woman. We've we've Obviously, deduced just yeah. by the way she looks. It's she surreal, does not look uh, 14. I I like yeah. I wonder if it's like a. Like, uh, she's an undercover high school student. Like, uh, when Cameron Crowe went undercover to write Fast Time to Ruin High. Yeah. Or, uh, or that movie Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore. Like, it's that kind of situation. So, she has to keep up this, this facade or whatever. So, she's like, oh, I'm a high school girl. I have to have a crush on a high school boy. Who am I going to pick? Well, the obvious choice. Duh. Obvious choice is Tim Riggins. And Tim Riggins is perfect because for Lois... That's completely unattainable. So she doesn't have to like worry about like accidentally, you know, Tim finding out and then them like being in her, him wanting to have a relationship with her. Right. She's just going to be some nameless, faceless. And Tim Riggins is, you know, like a freaking God. Although Tim does have an affinity for 35 year old women. (laughs) Right. Something to consider. Right. So that's my theory is that she purposely and strategically picked Tim to be obsessed with. And she's constantly obsessing about him. Yeah. And which makes me like think that she's trying really hard. So I think this just confirms and adds another layer to yeah. to the theory. I'm I'm right there with you. I like Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. We're busting this thing wide open. Man. Yeah. Like we're gonna by the time we get to season five, we'll have the whole, whole thing figured out. <laughs> And I'm going to keep bringing it up on the Friday Night Lights oh, yeah. Twitter feed. <laughs> Twitter comments. Yeah. I'm going to keep bringing it up. I was, was going to say that you, you got one reply, but they refused to comment on <laughs> Lois and Coach's secret family. <laughs> I didn't even see the reply. What was it? Yeah. When you, um, 
you will you reply you, they posted a photo of coach and it was like name a more photogenic person you posted a photo of tiny britain and they replied to it and said like we have a challenger or something yep. like that yeah yep. so that was the reply that you got oh oh and just the <laughs> fact that they didn't reply when i brought yeah up they that. have interacted yeah. with you but they refuse to interact with the <laughs> yeah coach and lois yep so i'm just you know building up for all the reliving the lights listeners out there i'm going to keep making references to all of our theories and discussions i appreciate it so yeah if you're on a on the twitter and first of all if you're not following reliving the lights you should be but also you should be backing up the reliving the lights official (laughs) uh twitter feed and josh's twitter as he um tries to wring these answers out of the friday night lights official twitter feed we know the truth we just want the truth to be acknowledged yep all right we're bringing it straight to the Supreme Court. <laughs> See if we can get Christy Nome in Texas on board with us. <laughs> so anyway, Lois, she's trying to get the details of Tim protecting Julie in the storm. Landry, here comes Landry. Here he comes. He just wants something out of Julie. He does not have a positive relationship with any woman except for his own needs. Yeah, he shows up and immediately is like, I'm coming to you, like, despite the fact that you broke my best friend's heart or something like that, which, like, first of all, Andrew, not a great way to <laughs> kick off this conversation. But he uh, he says, you know, you're still friends with Tyra. And he asks Tyra or asks Julie for advice about Tyra. And Julie's a huge jerk to him. And this is maybe the one of the few times that I'll defend Julie being a jerk to somebody because Landry coming in the way that he did, uh, you kind of deserved it. I got to tell you, if you would have asked me before this rewatch who my favorite Friday Night Lights characters were, Landry would have come up in like the top five. Probably he is falling fast. Yeah. He is falling fast. Landry's a jerk. We've discussed this, but (laughs) this is just another instance of Landry being a moron and a jerk. Yeah. And he will get jerkier in this episode. Yes. Yes, he will. <sighs> okay. I, I'm riled up on this episode. I don't I know. Tell. There's a that's, lot. That's all right. Well, meanwhile, Chip, who also appears to be an undercover high school student. This guy so is old. for sure in his 30s. He might be older than the hot mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. He looks like a like a joke. Like from a movie, like <laughs> right. he looks like a like a forty five year old man wearing a Letterman's jacket. Like, <laughs> yes, like somebody who played the stereotypical jock in a night in an eighties teen movie yeah. that has now is still playing a teen is still playing the high school jock in two thousand eight. Very weird. Also, did you? I don't know if they ever say this. Uh, on the show, but I looked it up on IMDb. Did you catch his last name? No. It's Chip Gizirazzi. What? G I Z Z I hyphen R O Z Z I. Who is making the decisions about this this family? <laughs> what, what is going on? What's going on in Larrabee? It's <laughs> oh, like gosh. Italian or Sicilian family yeah. with. <laughs> Twins and a 35 year old high schooler, <laughs> the Gitzerazzi. <laughs> oh gosh, no, but, I did not notice this. 
But so, Chip Chip is is laying down some Mac sauce on Tyra. Tyra is not into it initially. No. She threatens to pulverize his balls. Yeah. So, not into it. He asked her to the dance. I would also like to point out one of the weirdest and grossest pickup lines. Did you get where think, he like uh, licks his finger and then like draws a heart on her shoulder and says, hey, how about we get you out of those wet clothes? I, I caught the wet clothes thing and I was taking notes so furiously that yeah. I didn't see what he did. Ugh. Licked his finger. Gross. And then made a heart on it. hate her. that. I'm glad that I didn't catch yeah, it. Yeah, nasty. He asked her to dance and then he calls after calls her unnamed goddess girl, which again, Chip, ugh, you're weird. I don't like you. Uh, yeah. Bad vibes from Chip. As that happens, Julie is with Tyra. Julie asked Tyra about what's going on with you and Landry and the dance and their, your thing. Tyra says it's not a thing. It's more complicated than that. So Tyra's trying to distance herself from yeah, the Yeah, she gets very situation. defensive. Very yeah. defensive. Yeah. Once, once they know that they're not going to end up in jail, Tyra's kind of bailing on the whole situation, it seems like. Back at practice, the tensions are starting to rise. They have started pretty innocently and will grow uh, much, much worse over the next two weeks. But (laughs) the beginning of it is somebody has taken a piece of athletic tape and written (laughs) smash hole over (laughs) smash's name and stuck it to his locker. Smash is pissed. (laughs) Smash is furious. (laughs) I laugh. I laugh pretty hard about that. His, like, his ego is so fragile. Like, <laughs> like one innocent joke. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that's that's funny, man. Like, actually, it's not even that funny. It's just kind of neutral. It's like, this juvenile. should not. Have, this should not affect yeah. you at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like I would. Like it's it's more of a like. Oh, that's the best you could come up with type <laughs> yeah. of situation. Okay, guys. All right. And <laughs> yeah. You take the tape off and it's done. But no. I mean, there's some other stuff that happened. But yeah, like you said, all pretty innocent. But there have been some shenanigans, and the yeah. Panthers start to return the favor by you know trashing Larrabee stuff. Coach walks in on this and is he's obviously irate that this is happening. I would like to point out that Coach is wearing a Dylan Pantherama 2007 shirt, and Ooh. I gotta have that. Yeah, they I need to make that, that shirt. I I did some there's searching. There's so around. many like fake vintage yes. clothes in this show that were clearly just made for the show. By the way, I do have to show you this. Uh, last night. I had realized how much uh, Buddy Garrity, how many, how much the vibes between Buddy <laughs> Garrity and Ted Cruz overlap and yep. shared a tweet about it. And so to do that, I had to find a good photo of Buddy Garrity. Uh-huh. And as I was searching, I found this incredible pillow. Oh, wow. Yes. Wait, what does it say? I'm your, your buddy. buddy. Down there. Yeah. That's yeah, Dylan, Texas, Buddy Garrity Automotive. That's beautiful. Yeah, I might have to get it. It also comes on a t-shirt. Also, you can get these on Etsy. Buddy Garrity socks. Sorry, I'm trying to. That's a must-buy stocking stuffer right there. Yeah. Ooh, we've even got bearded Brad Leland. Yeah. On there. It's so not it's even not just it's not just Buddy. Even, exactly. Yeah. Those, those aren't Buddy Garrity socks. Those are Brad Leland socks. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I like that. Anyway, yeah, Coach kind of gives them the old, uh, you know, this isn't who we are. Yeah. Be the bigger man, little yeah. mini speech. But then, uh, Larrabee's practice goes a little long. Yeah, Coach is pretty pissed off. Yeah, he he goes out there. Dickies and Taylor get into it a little bit. Um, again, so I want to bring up, I want to remind you that this is the coach from earlier in the season yes. that was coaching a completely different team under a different name. This is the coach that's in witness protection. Yes, correct. And it's starting to become clear why he's in witness protection. Yep. He's a dick who got mixed <laughs> up in some Something. bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he's still a dick. But yeah, he is clearly in witness protection and yep. he is clearly a jerk. So he's already been uprooted and moved to Larrabee and now he, a tornado uprooted him. <laughs> it's just, yeah. The L's keep on coming for coach Dickies or whatever his real name is. Yeah. All right. Well, we're at Applebee's. <laughs> yes. We're eating good in the neighborhood as it were. <laughs> is there an Applebee's reference in this episode and next episode as well? I don't remember yes, the next is. episode ones, there but is. yeah, yep. sure. Okay. So Applebee's must have paid some good money. Um, yeah, they were like, a. I remember when this show was airing, they were like yeah. a, like if you went to Applebee's, which I did, I think once in that time period, <laughs> um, especially like in the NBC specific days, like you would see like Friday Night Lights, like, uh, like promo stuff, nice. like not like clothes or anything, just like, Hey, watch yeah. Friday Night Lights Tuesdays uh-huh. on M- you know, NBC or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, the the relationship is apparent for sure. Um, but Landry shows up to Applebee's to apologize to Tyra, but Tyra's working, so Landry's a moron again. Not great timing. He asked her to the dance. <laughs> he tries to convince her by saying that these are the the golden years of our life. Oh, uh, such a bummer. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't work. Tyra declines. Angie and I like literally looked at each other and we're just like, ugh, <laughs> as he said that line. <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta make memories that you can look back on. Landry really pushes her. She tells him that she's actually going with someone else, and Landry's heart is smashed into a million billion pieces. Uh, and as much as I am pretty anti-Landry these days, I mean, he did kill a dude for her. So yeah. I think the least she can do is go to the dance for with real. him, for even real. if she doesn't like him. But she clearly, I mean, even before this, like she clearly yeah. does have some feelings yeah, for him. That's like, true. It's that's... implied that she has taken his virginity. <laughs> right. So <laughs> Yeah. So I guess the problem isn't that she doesn't like him. It's yeah. that she likes him and she's afraid of it. But yeah, whatever. We um, do get a music cue during this scene oh. i did i had to shazam it i didn't recognize it playing but in applebee's yes well no playing like over the scene i don't think it was playing in applebee's we're gonna we're just gonna assume that it was playing in applebee's sure like okay. okay it's a little too coffee housey i think oh, to I be like playing it. in applebee's <laughs> okay when i think of applebee's i think like the music that gets played in applebee's it's like the kind of music that you don't really hear on the radio but is like just neutral enough to yeah. to play you know, like, like I said, not, not the kind of stuff you hear on the radio. Like, when I think of Applebee's, I think of, like, John Mayer. Yes. You know, like... Like, you you still know all the songs that are played, you know? Yes. Like, you have some familiarity with it, but, but yeah, not the, like, radio popular. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. 
this is a little more obscure than what you'd hear on Applebee's because I've never heard of it and I'm a pretty huge music nerd. Uh, <laughs> the artist is John Doe. <laughs> Way to pick a name. Boo. Um, and the song is called Meanest Man in the World. Okay. Didn't notice it, but it was good. It was all right. Mm. John Doe, meanest man in the world. Uh, lamest name in the world. Yeah. Uh, back at the Taylor household. Tim grabs a beer out of the fridge, but gets shot down. Yep. No, no beer for the big rig beer tally. Shelly and Tim, pretty flirty here. Yeah. Tim asks Shelly to write an essay for him or to help him with his homework in some yeah. way. Offers to basically 50 bucks. Not even to help him with his homework, to do his do homework. His, yeah, to write the essay. Uh, and so between pulling the beer out and... Uh, offering Shelly money to write his essay. Tammy's not real impressed with what's going on. And uh, she's a little disgusted by, she makes some faces by kind of the uh, tension between yeah. Shelly and Tim. She's clearly not into it. Um, yeah. And they realize what time it is. And they say, oh, Oprah's on. <laughs> Let's watch Oprah. <laughs> and they turn on the TV and Josh Oprah is not on. Nope. We've got uh, Tim fixed the cable a little too well. <laughs> and we have got uh, pornography on the television. Yeah, a little porn going on. <laughs> Tim must have done a little extra work when he was fixing the cable. So <laughs> surprisingly, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Tammy is clearly annoyed by the entire situation, but not like overly like pissed off or anything, which no. is kind of surprising. I mean, Tammy's pretty open-minded, I guess, right. but I don't know. I don't Her, really... like, 15-year-old daughter is right there, yeah. right? Yeah, and <laughs> I'll probably cut this out, but I mean, if Tim's watching porn in your living room, you got to assume that Tim's j***ing off in your living room. Right, yeah. Your old daughter could <laughs> just walk out in the living yeah. room at any time. Like, it's just such a... <sighs> okay. <sighs> Gotta get, so, <laughs> get a clean on ramp back into yeah it. yeah back at uh, the laundromat <laughs> back at the, yes at the laundromat <laughs> coach and buddy are talking about Pam getting remarried uh no buddy buddy is talking about Pam getting remarried right yeah <laughs> coach coach is, is just kind of standing by <laughs> yeah in fact here's the here's the quote. So Buddy fills Eric in on the Pammy situation. He says, what do you think I should do? Coach says, uh, <laughs> Buddy says, well, you're right. I'm a salesman. I should be able to sell my wife. I'm going to get my wife back. By God. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. He, he basically talks himself up by, well, talks himself up and convinces himself that coach talked him up. Right. And coach is stunned. <laughs> like, coach doesn't know how to act at all. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure coach said more than one sentence in this whole scene. Also, why are they at the laundry? I understand why Buddy's at the laundromat. Why is coach at the laundromat with Buddy? I got to imagine that Buddy was like, hey, coach, I got to talk to you about something. And I also have to do my laundry. <laughs> so meet me at the laundromat. I can't see coach being like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll be right there. Right. It is a very bizarre. <laughs> I think I think it was just probably just meant to show that while Pam has really yeah. got her life together buddy does not like buddy's at a real low point yes yep that's what it was accomplishing for sure 
So yeah, whether or not coach would actually show up in that situation is arguable, but I think it accomplished what it needed to. Do you think all shows are like this where you're not supposed to think about it this hard? And once, once you've watched it like five times and then are doing a podcast about it, you realize like, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> I think almost, I'm not, I'm not going to say all shows, but I'm going to say like a hard 95% of shows. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I think something like, Breaking Bad or The Sopranos is maybe a little too meticulous. Yep. Or like a Westworld, something like that is just so meticulous that everything yeah. is meant to be like is deliberate. But yep. I think something like this, um, there's still enough pulp to it. Right. That that there's stuff that you're not supposed to think about too much. Yep. Yep. They're just they're just getting done what needs to be done by whatever means necessary. But that doesn't take away from anything from it. Like I still love the show. I want to oh, be absolutely. very clear that yes, this is yes. yeah. No, thank you for pointing that out. Um all right. So Julie and Tim are hanging out at a barbecue place. Yeah. New new spot, new place for things. New to, to us at least. Yeah. <laughs> Julie looks out the windows. As always, anytime Matt is kissing any woman that's not Julie, Julie is. witnesses it. <laughs> She's there. She, <laughs> Without fail. Either either Matt is like constantly kissing women <laughs> or <laughs> Julie is just has a knack for being It's her there. curse. Yeah. yeah. I it, I have that in my notes. I have this guy never stops making out. <laughs> yeah. So it's inevitable that Julie Yeah, like so- why are you how are you going to pull up at a barbecue joint and be like hey before i go in and get our food let's just be all over each other for a few moments i mean maybe you know they can't grandma's there at the house i guess you gotta yeah, steal that's some fair. moments away that's so fair. you gotta take advantage but still come on uh the other day i pulled up to work and there were in the staff parking lot there was a college couple parked right in the middle of all the staff cars just going at it like at 8 30 in the morning wow. so i gotta assume this was like a morning drop off afterwards was the girl an ex-girlfriend of yours and are you the julie taylor in this situation <laughs> uh no uh this was probably a 21 year old okay, so well, that's yeah no um but yeah so <laughs> I parked right next to them. They did not see me park. That's how in, into it they were. And so I just like stood there. I closed my door, just kind of stood there and laughed for a second. They looked up and saw the director of worship uh, staring down. At them. I, just, I just gave him the thumbs up. Like, yeah. That's great. Oh, it was good. So yeah, Julie is a little broken up uh, by the situation. She wants to get out of there as soon as possible. So Julie and Tim kind of bust out of there as quick as they can buddy shows up at his old house kevin answers the door and he kind of says hey can i talk to pam for a moment and let's kevin just stand by yeah he's like yeah you can be here it's fine as he literally is just like listen <laughs> you're the love of my life i want you back yeah putting the full sales pitch on yeah it goes in sales mode for sure he tells pammy he loves her and she says buddy i love you too and you see this like glimmer of hope like oh my gosh yes it's happening <laughs> and then she says but it's over <laughs> i'm happy now <laughs> and then yeah she like does that weird like it's gonna be okay buddy and like kisses him and 
I don't know. I felt like that was a weird way to handle the situation. Yeah, but it definitely was. But Buddy is definitely on the verge of a breakdown here. Like, yeah. yikes. I'm He's worried for the guy. For sure. Yeah. At the Taylor household, Tammy wakes up to noise at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Yes. Let's I wanna, discuss this. What's happening so, here? Yeah. She wakes up. She hears some noise in the distance. She walks out to the garage and there's Tim Riggins and Coach Taylor playing ping pong. At 5 a.m. Do you... My question is this. Yeah. Did they stay up all night playing ping pong on what appears to be a school night? Right. Um, or did they just get up extremely early <laughs> to play freaking ping pong? Like the, the, the former makes more sense that they like got caught up, you know, like they started playing at like 10 PM and got really caught up. Yeah. But even that's seven hours of seven ping pong. That's hours. a lot of ping pong, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, what did coach wake up at four thirty and was just like, "I'm gonna go wake up Tim. We're gonna play some ping pong." Like, it, I could not figure this out either. And I really think, and this they should have gone with sense. like they should have gone with like two a.m. Yeah, did they just need to be able to have coach ask for the egg sandwiches that Tammy makes, and so it had to be like breakfast time? Right. Yeah. That's maybe that's it. Like but to why? make you to make it to seem that. well. I think it was to make it. To make more stress on Tammy, to have another request put her way that she doesn't want to fulfill. Yeah, I think I maybe that's the reason that that line needed to be included. Yeah, was for the egg sandwiches. But overall, it's a very confusing <laughs> scene in a number of ways. What the heck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I didn't even realize I was confused why it even existed. But I suppose it is to show more stress on Tammy and more just, yeah, I don't know what the Tim Regan. I don't know. Yeah. Weird, weird, just, weird choices. Very odd choice. Even like 3 a.m. would have yes. been a, but 5 a.m. is such a strange time. Nobody's up at 5 a.m. Especially like, not a high school. It implies boy. that either they stayed up all night and like, we got to assume it's a school night. Like we got to assume that, the earliest that this could have started is like, or the latest that this could have started is like 10 30, 11 at the absolute latest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, like I'm, I'm 32 years old and I am in bed most nights by like 10 15. <laughs> I mean, maybe they couldn't sleep. And so like, they both happened to be up at like, right. Like they met and, each other in the kitchen going. For some yeah. And, and then it, and then it kept going. Otherwise, yeah, and they were like in the middle of a heated game at 5 a.m. So it's not like it, that means that at 4:45, you know, if they had is the earliest they could have started, probably right. Yeah, like absolute earliest. Doesn't matter. I feel like this is careless. I feel like they could have done better yeah. to explain Maybe at a, least explain what was going on. We might have to go back and see if there's a deleted scene where they <laughs> run into each other in the there kitchen at, at four o'clock. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to, I'll have to look into it. I'll check. Anyway, I don't think we're going to figure this out. So, no. football team is in the cafeteria. They're they're having lunch. They see Tyra talking to Chip. Well, isn't like uh, they're talking about who's going to take who to the formal. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. like Smash is making fun of Landry saying like, hey, you could take Saracen's grandma. And he's like, no, I've got a date. I've got a date. And right. then we yeah see that Tyra is macking on Chip. So, so for... Maybe there's a deleted scene for this also, like how she ended up coming around 
to the idea of Chip. I think there's a little glimmer of possibility yet when it was like in that initial interaction. And I think we can agree that as much as we love Tyra, she probably doesn't have the best taste in guys and probably uh, enjoys just being paid attention to in general. So, um, but yeah. So Landry sees, well, the team sees Tyra talking to Chip and kind of says, well, yeah, well, uh, look out. What's going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> so Landry flips out a little bit on Chip and then he, yeah, he gets, gets like up in his face and yeah. is like making comments. I didn't write any of them down, but like making very, like very personal attacks. <laughs> yeah. Like it was players. something along the lines of like, uh, is your double wide? Okay. Yeah. Sorry about the tornado. Did your <clears throat> double wide blow away? Like very like, classist stuff (laughs) (laughs) once again landry is actually a real piece of yeah (laughs) uh and moves on from just being into it with chip to kind of well the gitzerazzi brothers (laughs) uh stand up yeah and they they go to back their brother the whole larabee team gets into it turns into a brawl yeah a food fight (laughs) right a food fight uh Landry does call the curly-haired Napoleon Dynamite brother uh, Richard Simmons, which was yes, good. that was that a was good, good bit. That was a good bit. I actually I uh, went record shopping today because I took the day off because I needed to because I'm going to lose PTO if I don't. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, I went record shopping. I found a a three dollar Richard Simmons album, so I had to pick it up. <laughs> so I'm very excited to listen to that. Yeah, I had to for sure. Also picked up a Doctor John record. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. I li- I've listened to quite a bit of Dr. John since I watched yes. The Last Waltz. Uh, awesome. Like the day after I watched it. In fact, I was doing yard work and I was listening to Dr. John pretty much the whole Hell time. Yeah. So. I, uh, so I have, I think, five of his records now. Two of them are like, I'm pretty sure bootlegs. They're not in his <laughs> official discography. And one of them sounds like, or one of them is, it's called Zuzu Man. And there's like two or three tracks on there that must have been like really early in his career. Yeah. Cause like, you know, he has like kind of like real Cajun, like kind of scratchy voice. And this sounds like, like the temptations. There's like three or four tracks on there that like sound very clean. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He had a record store day release this year that I ended up picking up and, and then, yeah, I picked this. I think I've got five of his albums now, which are three official ones, (laughs) two bootlegs, but yeah. yeah, I was not aware of him until I watched the last waltz, but. I mean, I definitely heard him before, right. but I didn't know who he was or, yeah, I really dig it. That's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Anyway, back at practice, coach is pretty pissed off yeah. uh, about the food fight and he uh, is making the whole team run stairs. He does say something along the lines of, cause somebody's like, we didn't start it, coach or yeah, something like that. Just and, us. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't just us. And coach says, hell, as far as I heard, Landry Clark started this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he got his name right when he was yeah he doesn't say lance yeah that's how you know yeah that he is pissed off uh-huh. and meanwhile coach dickies is is watching this from the sidelines saying i think you might be being too hard on your players coach you know something. yeah totally trying to undermine him in front of the players yeah back at the taylor house shelly has bought a very obviously product placed uh keurig yeah <laughs> singing its praises Tammy. yeah for coach and tammy and uh she also well 
she's talking about how oh it just makes one cup at a time and you can make tea and you can make hot chocolate <laughs> and um she also bought a shirt for tim that she thought would be perfect for tim come on jeepers criminy that that is the last draw for tammy though she she calls shelly out on how she's behaving with tim and it kind of turns into them fighting and criticizing each other's lives and life yeah. choices and gets pretty nasty. It does. It gets very personal in the way that only sibling fights can get. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely. Somebody pissed in Tim's locker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Somebody, somebody peed in Tim's locker on his, on like the Tim Riggins shirt, like the pearl button up. You oh, know? Right. Like it's, yes. Yeah, the Western. Yep. Very obviously one of Tim's favorite shirts. Tim goes in and says, All right, you know, this has gone too far. Who did it? Finds out it was one of the it was one of the Napoleon Dynamite twins, right? Yep. Or yep. was it Chip or I don't know. No, it was it was one of the younger Gitzerazis. <laughs> uh yeah, Tim confronts the player that did it. Um kind of attacks him. Larrabee's coach gets involved and shoves Tim. Yeah. And Coach Taylor drags Coach Dickies yeah. to uh, a nearby wall and shoves him up and gets in his face and <laughs> basically says, Yeah, you ever lay another player on or another hand on one of my players? I'm gonna, you know. So I mean, so. I mean honestly, on the, the Coach Taylor inspirating scale. That's uh, that's pretty high right there. Yeah. That's gonna boost boost his score for sure. Absolutely agreed. Remember uh, when I originally watched this? I was a week ahead, and that was in the aftermath of the election. And he's got he's got him up against the wall. I sent you that Snapchat, and it's he's like uh, something about I'm gonna beat your pirate ass, Donald, or something like that. <laughs> and Coach Taylor's wearing blue, yeah. and Coach Dickies is wearing I do red. Remember that, it yeah. was it was like. <laughs> weird yeah (laughs) yeah anyway but that's that's you were probably confused when you got that like i think i was but now it's this coming from yeah yeah anyway um yeah this is where i wrote in my notes back at the taylor household i wrote okay it seems like the curing is definitely product placement (laughs) the entire taylor family praises julie (laughs) says it's so cool and coach says I got to admit, it's a better coffee maker. (laughs) It is like a Keurig commercial for about 20 seconds. Seems early for Keurigs, but I suppose maybe I just wasn't. You know what's interesting is Angie said the same thing. She was like, Keurigs were around then. And to me, I was like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, definitely. You know, you're looking it up. Yeah, you know, I'm looking it up now. Oh, What? 1992. <laughs> oh, holy crap. That's that's when the company was founded. It launched its first brewers and K-Cup pods in 1998. Single cup brewing system gained popularity. Brewers for home use were added in 2004. So, okay. yep. So that sounds about right. Yep. Yep. They, okay. So what were they doing from 1992? Like, was it just like a... Probably, <laughs> yeah, I think th- th- they maybe had more... Um, like industrial marketed sure, things that makes sense. rather than home use. I don't know. You're working for Curate again, you know, 1997. You're going, good God, what are we going <laughs> to, what am I <laughs> yeah. doing? Apparently Keurig is owned by Dr. Pepper now. Wow. That's 
bizarre. And Snapple. They're all under the same. Can you do yeah. a single cup of Dr. Pepper with a, <laughs> with a Keurig? I believe that's called Is the soda stream. <laughs> K cup for that. <laughs> um, all right. We got yeah. To it's a that. product. It's placement. A, it's a very bizarre scene. Like it feels very out of place. I thought. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think of it, but you're absolutely right. I, yeah, you're for sure. Right on that. Uh, there's a short, little moment where Tim thanks coach for backing up at, at backing him up at practice earlier that day with the, with coach Dickey's throwing his hands on him. Yep. They have a little moment there in the, in this whole interaction, Tammy asks what everyone wants to eat before the dance and Julie and Tim are like, Oh, we're not going. So that's news to Tammy. And also coach wants lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants lasagna for supper, which that's not just something that you just decide at supper time that right. you're going to have. So come on, coach. Uh, so Julie doesn't go to the dance. She ends up at a party. Landry and Julie, Landry's there because Landry's also not at the dance. Yep. Uh, they're playing a very pitiful game of quarters, yes. being all depressed. Julie says, you sometimes just got to let people go, be who they want to be, and make out with whoever they want to make out with in front of whoever. <laughs> so life lessons from Julie. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's had to deal with that a lot, so I guess. Landry says, you can't just give up, and he sets off, presumably, to go win Tyra back. And as he leaves, Riley from AP Lit or whatever class it was. <laughs> yes shows up and oh julie right it's me riley from from english lit he's ready to make his move yeah i i did have a note in here did we ever get closure on julie's creepy teacher noah oh no he just disappeared he just disappeared okay that's what i thought i just wrote that down i was like oh yeah whatever happened to the lit teacher who was creeping creeping on julie (laughs) that's yeah nope don't know unresolved (laughs) thought of that yeah unresolved storyline uh, I will cut you this think, out. Like, I guess think when you're the actor, you got to wonder like, oh, so <laughs> do I just not have a job now? Like if you're, yeah, right. Like if you are, um, Bo, like, I mean, <laughs> he's a kid or if you're Waverly, yeah. like, are you calling Jason Cabins and being like, Hey, uh, <laughs> so I play a pretty prominent role, a relatively prominent role in this show. Like, Probably more than uh, you could just not even write me off. Just have me disappear. (laughs) Right. You know, if you're, if you're Noah, you just like, okay, well, I guess that's a wrap then. Yeah. See ya. And honestly, I think the writers get away with it in almost every instance. Right. Right. Yeah. if this wasn't our fifth time through and doing a podcast about it, we probably, we might've thought of it for a second, but we would have moved right on because we would have been, I I feel bad for the the next episode and the next episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume because you know that they, you know that they notice. And even if the writers like forgot about it, you know that they're getting a call. Like they have to, (laughs) Yeah, you. if you're the actor who needs to work, you gotta be like, Hey, the steady job that I have. Yeah. What's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, my guess is that they like they sign on for a certain number of episodes to begin That's, with. Yeah, you know, and then they then the the writers or whatever just tell them like, no, I think we're done. Like, I think we're sure. gonna 
just I, and I imagine with, with things like that, they know that the audience will forget. So they're just like, we don't have to write you off. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You fulfilled your contractual obligation. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer for those guys. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're at the dance. It is obviously 2007 and they are yeah. obviously doing the soldier boy. They, yep. I wrote that down there. But uh, the Soldier Boy. They must not have been able to get the rights to the actual song because it's some other generic rap song yeah. playing, but they are definitely doing the Soldier Boy. Yes. Um, Smash is loving it. Oh, yeah. Like course. Smash is at like the center of all of it. I remember in 2007, man, out in front of uh, my dorm, uh, out in front of West Hall, uh, a bunch of us guys learning the the dance to, to Soldier Boy. Uh so it's accurate for the time period. It's oh, absolutely. I mean, that was about. yeah. I mean, I, I do remember it being all over the place, and I was kind of uh, well, I would have been what 2019, yeah, somewhere. I would have been 19, 20. I would have been 19 yeah. when this episode or when, when I would have been 20 when this episode aired, but 19 when the craze was hitting. Um, and I remember being like just very over it, like, I, I remember. <laughs> Like very vividly, actually, because at that time, iTunes was like it, right? Like right. that was where you found everything. Yep. And I remember seeing that song at like the top of the charts and being like, all right, let me give like, you know, the 30 second iTunes yep. preview yep. and being like, how is this the most popular song <laughs> in the world? And then it like just growing and growing and growing from yeah. there and just being like, Ugh. I, I mean, that was definitely in my towards the tail end of my like most pretentious period yeah, probably right so. right yeah you were probably listening to the hold steady or some other i was not yet into the hold steady i don't know what i would have been into at that time 2007 i was probably into something that wasn't as non-mainstream as i thought yeah. it was sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever it was yeah. so landry shows up at the formal Tyra is there. She's sitting alone. She is looking good. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, she's got a very, a very nice uh, little black dress on. She's pulling it off maybe too well yeah, for a high school yeah. dance. Yeah, she is. She is looking very good. She seems, she smiles when she sees Landry. She seems happy to see him. He goes over to her, asks her where her date is. Turns out Chip's in the bathroom puking. Way to go, Chip. You'd think at 35 you could handle your liquor, but apparently <laughs> not. And in st- Landry starts confronting her here. I don't understand why. I wrote in my notes, chill out, dude. Yeah. Uh, Tyra says like she likes Landry a lot. Like she hasn't yeah. really felt about anyone before. Not only does she admit that she likes him a lot, she admits that she has never had feelings like this for another, yeah. uh, for a guy. So like you gotta, if I'm Landry in that situation, I'm feeling good. Cause, but she says like, she needs time to figure it out. And yeah, Landry does not accept this answer. Like, no, he freaks out on her. He gets on his high horse. Landry loves getting on his high horse. And feeling superior and feeling smarter, he gets really preachy about the whole situation and says, I can't just wait around waiting for you to figure it out. You can't, Landry. You can't wait for Tyra. Yeah. 
Like for real. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> so Landry leaves at this point. What an idiot. What are you doing? I hate Landry. My least favorite character. Wow. Went from start top a, five to least. Let's start to a quote, to quote Jay-Z. Went from top five to not mentioned at all. <laughs> oh, I we might need to start a Landry Clark Hato meter. Wow. You're ready to go there. He's high on that meter right now. But speaking of the Hato meter, Julie is super drunk. Uh, yeah. Non functional, really. It's bad. And Riley is full on attempting date rape. Yeah, it's straight up, like very rapey, definitely date rape. Uh, Tim sees what's happening and basically puts the fear of God in him, shuts that down. Thank goodness. Yeah. Tim, Tim's the hero here. We don't even see if Riley drank anything prior to this, but if he did, he's sobered up real fast with Tim. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so Tim gets Julie back home. He drops her in bed. And Julie is talking, even in this, Julie is talking about how much Lois loves Tim. And uh, it's just, yeah, is Julie, kinda... no, I don't know. I'm still stuck on the second family thing uh, <laughs> with Lois. But anyway. Um, yeah, they kind of sneak in the house, try to be quiet because they don't want to wake up Coach and Tammy. But of course, Julie being as drunk as she is. Yeah, it doesn't, um, work. It doesn't work. And Tim kind of helps Julie into bed. He takes off her shoes, gets her on the bed, uh-huh. um, says, you know, and as he's positioning her to be in line with the bed, Julie doesn't quite let go with her arms as he's trying to stand back yeah. up and coach walks in and sees this. This scene gave me anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) I think I mentioned this. So I don't want to go on too much of a sidebar here, but um, about a year ago, I was really getting into Frasier, which I know that you also love Mm -hmm. Frasier. And it made me realize how much being brought up on television, like, and that show specifically, which I had never watched Frasier prior to that outside of like, you know, maybe like a, a rerun would come on after the rerun of the Simpsons after school. And I would catch like, a you know, 10 minutes of Frasier or whatever. Yeah. But watching Frasier made me realize how much being brought up on television is part like created a part of me that sometimes makes me go out of my way to explain my intentions to people just in case they might under like misunderstand (laughs) something that I'm doing. Uh And I do this pretty regularly. And this scene gave me such like high anxiety because I know that Tim's doing the right thing. Tim's like doing more than the right thing in this situation. And for me to watch this and to see coach like walking on a misunderstanding that like, (laughs) 99.9% of the time does not happen in real life. Right. Two reasonable people. I was in a pretty toxic relationship once where the, uh, the girl I was dating would like find incorrect context and everything. And I felt Mm -hmm. the need to explain myself, even though I wouldn't normally need to, which 
only heightened my anxiety for having to explain myself to people, but that's neither here nor there. We won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. But like watching this scene, I was like, no, Tim, just explain to him. Like coach is a reasonable man. <laughs> like, yeah. Just explain to him what happened and he will understand. And he, but also I realized with the next episode that he didn't want to admit he was basically taking the bullet for Julie because she was right. drunk and he didn't want her dad to find out that way that she was drunk. And honestly, if Tim's sober, which he appeared to be, and mm-hmm. Julie's drunk, that almost makes it look worse. Like it's right. the whole thing was just, it was very stressful it's for me. <laughs> yes. Very uncomfortable situation. We almost had our second murder of season two in <laughs> yeah. this moment. <laughs> yeah. Coach Co- yeah. gives him the hard, like, get out. <laughs> you get your stuff and you get out of this house right now. You get your stuff and get out of this house, right? He'd start when coach gets upset, he repeats himself and he kind of like clenches his jaw while he speaks. Mm -hmm. That's, that's his move. And he was doing it to the max here. Um, so really crappy situation for Tim and we, yeah, we definitely feel bad for Tim in this moment. Um, he's trying to do the right thing and that's where this episode leaves us. Uh, this very awkward crappy situation so that is the end of our plot synopsis for this week we'll be right back we'll dig into some of these characters all right we're back we're gonna dig into some of these characters a little bit let's start with the taylor family they are in uh interesting unique situation they've got two house guests staying with them shelly and a newborn baby newborn alien living in the house it's very yeah it's just a uh what do you say difficult to navigate probably situation yeah uh side note i speaking of house guests i when i was first married within Two months of us being married, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and we had Lindsay's cousin from California live with us for like four months, five months, slept mm-hmm. on our couch in our tiny one-bedroom apartment, and it didn't seem like that big of a deal at, at the time, but looking back on it now, I'm like, what the hell were we doing? Why did we do that? That was a terrible idea. So I feel for the tailors in this situation, you know, they're doing what they got to do. And of course, you know, like he, the, uh, Lindsay's cousin needed a place to stay and we, we were happy to provide them in, in the same way. I think the tailors, you know, they're going to give Tim a place to stay. They're going to give Shelly a place to stay, but it's a little weird, especially yeah. when there's sexual tension between, uh, right. the two house guests, the two house guests. So, yeah, a lot going on, a lot going on for them. And Julie is doing her thing. Yeah. Uh, as She's, Julie I does. mean, just falling further into Julie Hatemeter territory. Even Angie was like, I, during this episode was like, I think I'm starting to see why you have the Julie <laughs> Taylor Hatemeter. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know that there's any huge developments here. We're definitely on the precipice of something big here at the end of the episode with coach busting, busting, I say in quotation marks, Tim, 
uh, in Julie. But um, yeah, just difficult times in general in the, the Taylor household. Who else we got? Landry and Tyra. Yeah, Landry's, let's talk about Landry and Tyra. You're hating on Landry I, this week, which I think is fair. I think it's fair. It it just like it's snowballing right now for me. Like I think we started, you know, we we brought up how it turns out Landry's actually a little bit of a sleaze ball and kind of like you know hopping on some uh, taking advantage of Tyra. Yeah, and, and we've kind of I mean discussed flashes of that in yeah. previous episodes. But. I think that like woke me up in general to Landry's slight sleaziness. And now I can't get it out of my head and I see everything through that lens. Um, but yeah, let, let me just go on record here and say, if you like Landry, maybe reconsider at this point. Uh, I don't think you want to, I don't think you want to tether yourself and speak kindly. And maybe this is like, a 2020 lens versus a for sure like 21 year old in 2008 or 2009 or whatever when we watched yeah. this so maybe that's the difference i don't know but i think it could be part of it i mean i think landry is a comic relief character and so i think once again i think it comes down to watching it for the x time yeah um that the first time you're going through you're kind of like you know oh he's a comic relief character and you don't think much about it yeah and you like crucifictorious <laughs> yeah but when you really start to, you know, when you start a podcast about the whole show and you do deep dives in every episode and you start yeah. thinking too much about it. <laughs> right. That's yeah, you, you start picking up on some patterns and maybe overanalyzing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's where I'm at. Uh, if you don't want to go with me there, I guess that's your choice. Uh, just in general to the audience, not to you, Anthony. But, you know, right. I, I'm, I'm having some issues with Landry at this point. All right, we got basically zero. Well, I was going to say we got zero Matt Saracen, but Matt Saracen was making out in a car with Carlota. Right. That's all we got. Very so, little Matt, very little Garrity family. Very little smash. Very little smash. Yeah. He got the smash hole thing written <laughs> on his. This is a very like Taylor family and Tim Riggins centric yeah. episode in a lot yep. of ways. Yep. With yep. like uh, a sprinkle of Landry. Yeah. Yeah, so not a, yeah, not a ton going on there. Tim Riggins is at a still at a really rough spot, and yeah. we're gonna assume at this point even rougher because um, you get your stuff and you get out of this house right now. Yeah. Um. So he's homeless again. Yeah. Things aren't getting better for him anytime soon. I mean, he's kind of homeless. He's choosing to be homeless because he right. He walked out on his brother. Yeah. But you know. When you've got as much pride as Tim Riggins. Right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that's, yeah, not the. Yep. So Tim's in a rough spot. Julie's hitting rock bottom. Uh, and I don't blame her because she has to watch Matt make out constantly right. with various women. So I don't know. Anything, anyone else? We didn't. Wait, we Let's did have it. Buddy. Buddy is also at rock bottom. He, yeah, he's in a rough spot, but we, we got very, very little Buddy. Yeah. So. He was on top of the world for a while with That's the kids. True. Nothing Ch- like a good go-kart race. <laughs> right. Got him Got him good and sweaty. And it seemed like, too, like the way that it cut and like the first scene, like, a shot from the steering wheel of the go-kart on <laughs> yes. Buddy's face. Like, it, it was a very, yeah. <laughs> having a good time. Uh, yeah, that all came to an abrupt halt when he found out that Pammy was engaged. So, yeah, Buddy is 
again, he's just kind of bouncing off of rock bottom. He hits it and then he, he hits it again and he hits it again. So buddy's in a rough spot. Lila's not in a very good spot. She's not very happy with the situation with what's his name. You, you had the hippie Kevin. Kevin. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so she's not happy about that. The communist. That's Buddy <laughs> described it. Buddy was definitely ahead of his time. Well, no, the communist thing has been around since the fifties, yeah. so probably before. Yeah. The Red Scare. Yeah, Buddy's hanging on to that. All right, anybody and else? So is fifty percent of America in one hundred percent year of our Lord twenty. Nobody actually knows what communist or socialist, no. means, but it's just kind of a catch-all at this point. Yeah. But. Uh, before we, Anthony gets political, uh, maybe we better cut it off there for characters. Is yeah, there anybody I think else? Good. No, okay. I, I think, I think, yeah, we, we've covered the main chip. We can talk about chip and his twin <laughs> brothers, but no. I think we've already, yeah, yeah we've already, we know how we feel about them. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a small break here. You listen to this music and then we'll come back. All right, we're going to start, as we always do, with our Coach Taylor Inspirating. Coach almost beat up another coach, which was pretty badass and pretty awesome. So that's a pretty high mark right there. Yeah. Uh, he kept his wife up at 5 a.m. and asked her for a sandwich. Maybe a small demerit. Yeah. Uh, what else Coach going on that we can judge him by? Yeah, I mean. The situation at the end. Throughout this whole thing, we see, which I think is inspirational, we see coach really keep his cool through a lot of tough situations. Mm. He's got Larrabee, the rivals, the local rivals who they're playing in two weeks. He's got them. They're sharing quarters um, and tensions are rising. He keeps his cool through that. He keeps his cool through coach Dickey's got the, you know, practice going long, keeps cool during the, food fight he knows how to handle it he's yeah. gonna punish his players he doesn't care what coach dickie says he's keeping us cool as shelly is still living with them for <laughs> so far i'm pretty sure the entire season yeah, uh right so i gotta give him props for keeping his cool during all of that and only yeah. snapping when there's a brawl in the locker room in which coach Dickies gets involved. So, yes. Uh, you know, and, and once again, the moment that he does get up in coach Dickies face, we consider very inspirational as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say the only demerit would come from the, the sandwich comment, which I mean, I think, <laughs> In coach's defense, he was definitely caught up in the moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was and having a good time. He was yeah. having a good time with Tim. And he's got it, he's got another dude in the house. Yeah, so it is exactly. Definitely. He's he's never gonna probably have that again. And I think he knows it like he's not gonna have <laughs> right. you know, probably they're not gonna have another kid after they've God, you know, I hope not. already had uh what after you know, that disaster 14 or 15 years between julia and gracie and then then they give birth to an alien yeah i, girl, so. I think you bail on that whole situation yeah. i uh, think coach is i got an off-screen vasectomy <laughs> <laughs> 
I think, yeah, I, you know, having the full view, it would be tempting to say that coach didn't handle the Tim and Julie situation at the end of the episode. Well, but if you're, but if you're coach in that situation and you see Tim Riggins, uh, notorious for his sexual conquests, uh, which even coach is definitely, and his partying ways. So who like, he doesn't know that, that Tim is, potentially sober so right i think he handled the situation and and tim doesn't fight him too much he no you know so i think listen as much as that scene gave me anxiety i think that (laughs) i think the coach handled it in a in a pretty reasonable way yep so he was doing his fatherly duty for sure so yeah i'm gonna give him a 8.75 i think that's uh that's about right on that's very precise, but I think it's accurate. All right. We kind of forgot about this at the beginning of the episode, uh, but we never gave Movie Dude 1 a rating for his synopsis. So, uh, yeah, what do we think? He was dropping bombs. Yeah. I got to give him credit for the keeping the theme. Yep. I got to give him credit for spelling nuptials right, even when I thought it wasn't correct. Yeah. That's actually bonus points that he stumbled into there. Yeah. I got to say... He kept with the run-on sentence. Yeah, it was long. But yeah. for movie dude one, this is really good. I gotta go yeah. like an eight. That's yep. That's that's what I thought too. I thought it's an eight. Uh it was coherent, which yeah, for movie dude one, it you know, if you're not always the case, coherent. he did still I will say this, even though he spelled nuptials right, he still spelled Lila L I L A, which is not a way that you would spell Lila. That's a bummer, but so yeah, I think we'll stick with, I think an eight is, is eight's fair. fair. Yep. All right. Our Julie Taylor hate meter This is, this is tough because she's clearly lusting over Tim Riggins. <laughs> is she? Oh, for sure. Dude. The fact that she's recounting the story to Lois. Right. Is for sure. See, okay, yes. I did want to talk about that because I feel like if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, is Tim and Julie going to be a thing? Right. Is this happening? Uh, That's a good point. I don't know what that does for her hate-o-meter score. Right. Oh, no. And and I don't necessarily think that it does. It's just kind of a little bit. Gives context. Yeah. <sighs> You know, the situation with Riley is not really her fault, so I can't blame her for it. Yeah. So that's not on her. I don't really, I don't, I don't hate Julie in this episode, but I don't like her either. Right, right, right. I think next episode things take a turn. Right, because we we don't see her really throw Tim under the bus in this episode, but, and she couldn't have stepped in reasonably and been like no dad i'm drunk right don't get mad at him <laughs> um it's my drunk girl voice uh so no i i think we don't really hate julie we do see her kind of be a dick to landry but landry's also kind of a dick about the entire entire situation so yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna say a, a two yeah i was thinking a one so i think yeah I think two is fair. We'll go with a two on this one. Not bad. Not great. Somewhere in the middle. 
beer tally did tim he didn't he got shut down he, on the, yeah he the grabbed beer. one out of the fridge he grabbed one of coach taylor's beers out of the fridge that man if if tammy wouldn't have been there you know oh yeah he would have cracked that baby yeah, you know that Shelly was looking the other way. Yeah, he probably would have handed one to Shelly too. Exactly. Well, yeah. I think he did grab two. I think, and he was, oh, really? think, yeah. <laughs> yep. Tim doing what Tim does, but not on not on Tammy Taylor's watch. Buddy Garrity's sleazeball move of the week. Got to be convincing himself that Coach Taylor talked him into... <laughs> Going into salesman mode with Pammy. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And off screen inviting Coach Taylor to <laughs> the meet him at a laundromat. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not as sleazy as Buddy usually is, but it's it's still yeah. Yeah. Buddy being buddy. Music cue, we had, do you believe in magic? Uh, what was the other one that you had? John the Doe. John Doe. Meanest man alive. Meanest, man, like meanest man in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did not catch, but. Yeah, I think those are the only two of this one. Yeah. All right. There's some songs for y'all to check out. Quote of the episode. I did not have anything written down for this. I'll check the IMDB and we'll cheat. Yeah. I don't think I had anything that really stood out either. This is a weird trivia. Because you mentioned this, but it gets even weirder. Brian Thornton, who plays coach Charles. Or, let's try this again. Oh, because it's Daniel Dickens. We've been calling him Dickies. It's I'm Dickens. Pretty sure it's and Dickies. That's, that's why I said Charles, because I was thinking Dickens. Brian Thornton, who plays coach Daniel Dickens, previous played previously played coach Gamey in season one episode Mud Bowl. Uh-huh. How weird is it that his real name is Thornton, like Billy Bob Thornton, oh. and he played coach Gamey like Coach Gaines? What? Yeah. That is weird. That's very weird. So there is one quote on the IMDb page. It's from Coach Taylor saying to Oh, and and this one it does say Taylor has Dickies against the wall. Yeah, in the in the uh, cast and crew for this episode it says Dickens. Okay, but I'm pretty sure, like on the subtitles, because I was watching with subtitles, the, it yeah. says Dickies. So okay, we're gonna say it's Dickies then. It's, yeah, we'll it's stick with more it. Fun. So anyway. Coach Taylor says, "Listen to me. If you ever, I mean ever." Touch one of my players again. You will never coach another football game as long as you live. You understand me? And after that, I will kick your old tired ass six ways from Sunday, Donald. <laughs> there it is. So. Uh, it's tired ass because on my subtitles, it definitely said pirate ass. So <laughs> <laughs> tired, tired makes more sense than pirate. Your old pirate. Pirate, ass. <laughs> pirate is a lot more fun. So I'm, I think I'm fine with that being the quote. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Uh, on next episodes, cast and crew listing, it's Dickies. So, okay. We're going to say it's Dickies yep. for sure. Somebody right. messed up. Weird though. Thornton and yeah. Thornton and Ganey. Ganey. Yeah. All right. So that's our quote. We didn't have. Vinny Matt Saracen to speak of. So no, there's no, 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 Goof 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 Goof. not at all. Cause his only moment 
in the entire episode is making out with Carlota, which is the opposite of Goofus Malufus. <laughs> right. Yeah, Matt is kind of moving out of his Goofus Malufus period here, but uh, I, I personally I, have a Hispanic woman living with me that I also make out <laughs> with frequently. So <laughs> I would say that I also am never in Goofus Malufus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice work, man. Yeah, you graduated <laughs> out of that. <laughs> The outdated pop culture reference, I think, goes to Napoleon Dynamite. It's either that or the Soldier Boy dance. I was between Ooh. the two. Yeah. Let's go because Soldier Boy. I think yep. Soldier Boy is indicative of the actual time. I think yes. Napoleon Dynamite was outdated even at the time yep. of the episode, but I think Soldier Boy is very much in the time. And I feel I don't know it's if very, this- it's a more it's a more um it's a more sincere moment. Yep. And I don't know. You can tell me if you think this is true or false. I feel like Napoleon Dynamite has more staying power than Absolutely. than the Soldier Boy dance, and so it's more outdated. Listen, the Soldier Boy dance is more outdated than Napoleon Dynamite. This episode was filmed in late twenty two thousand seven, uh-huh. and they reference uh, Soldier or Napoleon Dynamite in. Let's say 07, 08, 09, 10. Nobody was making Soldier Boy references in 2010, three years after Soldier Boy. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? True. Yeah. So yeah. I think right that that right there. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think if you like my little brother is 19 years old, so he would have been six when Soldier Boy was a thing and three when Napoleon Dynamite was a thing. Uh-huh. I think if you reference those two things, I think the reference that he would get would be Napoleon Dynamite yeah. over Soldier Boy. For yeah. Sure. Nice. And rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has more cultural staying power. All right. So we're going with Soldier Boy. That's outdated. All right. I believe that leaves us with our MVP of the episode before we rate the episode. So who wins this one? That's a good question. It's not Landry. No. It's not Tim. No. It's not Matt. It's not Buddy. It's not Julie. I think it's it's Coach Eric Taylor. Yeah, you're right. I was gonna I was gonna try to make a case for Tim because he actually, you know, like is pretty honorable ish right. there at but the he, end. He, but it the episode uh, at the end he takes the L. I think he takes the L. Yeah. For sure. It doesn't go well for him even if he, yeah. So I think coach is definitely the right answer here. He was ready to <laughs> beat that Dickies. Uh his pirate ass. <laughs> right. So Coach Taylor, congratulations. You are this episode's MVP. That leaves us with episode rating. So, yeah, we kind of talked about even when it's bad, it's good. Yeah. I think we're taking some steps forward, you know. Yeah. Uh, This is a pretty, I would say, middle of the road episode. Uh, The CGI tornado, as we talked about, is uh, not great. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the the Coach Taylor... um, challenging of Dickies. I think just the, the entire tension between uh, Dylan and Larrabee, I think is good. Yep. I think 
Um, Tim is is great in this episode and honorable, and I think it brings a new dimension to him. Yep. I think this is a strong six to a light seven. Yep, that's exactly where I'm at. I'm not really sure where I would place it, but I do know it from my incomplete spreadsheet that we gave episodes earlier in this season sixes. I see a couple sixes, yeah. which makes me think that I feel like we're moving in the right direction. So maybe we just kind of fudge it up seven. to a seven there. I like it. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, the tornado is kind of dumb, but what the tornado, the stories that it set off ended up Correct. being really good. As much as it feels forced, yep. I think it overall led to good. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that then wraps up our awards for the week. We'll be interested to see where this goes. We kind of, we got a little bit of a cliffhanger episode here with coach throwing, throwing Tim out. Um, So excited for next episode, excited for next week. Uh, Please come back and join us. Anthony, thank you for wearing that wrestling t-shirt. I feel like it really gave me strength to make it through the episode. So thank you. Especially Brock Lesnar with his yeah, uh, penis sword tattooed yeah. on his chest. You know what I thought was, thought was weird is that he grew the beard for UFC. So he can have the beard in WWE. It's not like something that bothers him in combat sports. And I can't understand why he wouldn't have the beard in WWE because it makes him look so much more badass. Yeah. He looks like a, not only like a freak beast, but also like a mountain man freak beast. Yeah. yeah. When he's got the beard. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Maybe it's a Vince McMahon thing. It might be. But, yeah, I mean, Seth Rollins has got the beard. Roman's got the beard. uh, Braun Strowman has a beard. Otis has a huge huge beard. beard. Bray Wyatt has a beard. Yeah, okay. So, it's not a Vince thing, probably. But, uh, beard is always the right way to go. Uh, If you look at us, that's evidence enough right there. Uh, Josh and Anthony pretty much constantly sporting the beards. True. Yeah. I've, I've always, it's very, very rare, especially nowadays because I've got long hair accidentally, <laughs> uh, because I didn't cut my hair all last winter. Cause I usually just don't because it's winter and it gets cold and then a pandemic happened and I don't feel comfortable <laughs> going to get my haircut. So right. I have not had a haircut in 2020 and we are 10, <laughs> 11 days into 2020 and I probably won't, uh, in April will be two years since I've had a haircut. And that's, Jeez, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. It all happened accidentally. So there you um, go. And if I, if I don't have facial hair with my long hair, I look like, oh, it looks very strange to me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm yeah, always yeah. sporting at least the mustache. That's good. I support that. Um, we appreciate all of you hanging out with us for another week of reliving the lights. Uh, it's always good to get on here and talk Friday night lights with you, Anthony, if you do not follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, we're, we're on there. We're on Facebook. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tell your friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. Uh, yesterday I was watching Jeopardy and, um, they had a category that was, it was cities with ton Ville and Berg. Oh yeah. Right. And I think the thousand dollar answer was this city is the home of the university of the West Indies. And I was like, what is Kingston? I know all about the West Indies now. So shout out 
to our listeners in nice. the West Indies yeah. and our listeners that go to the University of uh, of the West Indies. Yeah, especially you guys. Right. Yeah, yeah, you hi- uh, theoretically, hypothetically won Anthony a thousand dollars. So yeah. thank you guys. We will I catch you next. Two week. days in a row that I've <laughs> known the Final Jeopardy answer. I've been really killing them lately. Attaboy. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.